yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at the top <laughs> 20, you guys. Top 20. Well, 19. Yeah, because... <laughs> but anyway, this is the movie Riches, and there's my wife, Crystal. Crystal. Yes. We so, did a back-to-back recording today, so we did Corner Convos earlier, and now we're doing Movie Riches, so it's been a fun fun day. We yeah. kind of watched a little bit of The Devil. Yes, yeah, so guys, <laughs> we actually... We actually got, I roll, I got my hands on a copy of The Devils, which is one that we said we couldn't, and I found it. We but did it. it. And we did it, and The Possession that we talked about with Sam Neill. And Inland Empire. And Inland Empire, although, <laughs> your, <laughs> your source for Inland, we... Inland Empire is a maybe. Yeah, Inland Empire <laughs> might show up and be a crapshoot, but I don't, I'm not sure. John, but the movie's not here. Yes, uh, he ordered it like two weeks ago, or a week ago, let's you know, whenever the last time we were talking about order, still not shipped. And it's coming from Asia somewhere. And um, I'm not sure how that's going to go. So we will. It probably got the COVID. The disc probably (laughs) actually got the COVID, to be honest. It probably died in transit and will never show up. But Inland Empire, you know how we were talking about how we're going to put some of these things on the back end. Um, uh like I said, we got possession on the way. That should be here to me on Monday. Looking forward to that one. Yes. Uh, actually, so am I. Devils is already here, and we started kind of watching it. Very well acted. Yeah, we're about a half hour in. It's really good. Yeah, and we just didn't... It just time... It surpassed our expectations, yeah, for sure. exactly. Time just hasn't uh, permitted us to watch the full thing before we started recording. But I'll be finishing and that. old memories didn't help. Yeah, either. well, we started getting... <laughs> yeah, we were talking, too, but... Uh, but actually very well acted and honestly some of the movies that you know we talk about on this list that we try to revisit aren't that well acted you know and then for it to be so low on the list like i we're said gonna we're, see. yeah we're gonna see we're only we're only about 30 40 minutes so into far it. we're kind of baffled at yeah how low it was yeah it's actually a very well really acted good. movie yes yeah, right. yeah, it's, it's... The acting is fantastic, the writing's great, and it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's a very well-shot movie, so I don't know exactly what's going to happen here. Um, there was an alligator sword duel. <laughs> yes, there was. <laughs> there, was there was not ridiculous. <laughs> it made sense. There was literally a scene where a man defends himself, well, the lead character defends himself from a sword blow with the body of an alligator. It was great. And how often do you see that? Which was salvaged from a fire. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Which, I mean, during <laughs> an exorcism of some sort. I, think, I believe it was a pimple popping. Yeah, this. well, it was like the plague. Yeah, it was, it was plague like they were like trying to popping pop. the bubonic. Either way, bubbles. it was. Um, we were loving it. Yeah, it was good. So we're gonna finish that one up, and as we promised, the things that we have to skip over, we will hit. After we hit our number one, we'll come back and do a little um, like revisit on I the things they that we skipped. That an epilogue. Yes, an epilogue. Yes. yes. So we will do that. We are also readers. Yes. Actually, I do love reading. And uh, Well, we do have Kay's Coffee and Books Corner. Yes, we do. we got Kay's Coffee and Books Corner, which is another part of Corner Convos, and that's Christina. And we also, you know, Dose Rich here actually is a writer himself. So we'll get into that another time because he has a pen name. But um, um, he's also been writing that stuff we should look into. But, yeah, we're all read well. I shouldn't say we are all readers, uh, just rich and rich. Yeah. Yeah, rich but rich, <laughs> rich and rich. Wife, are readers. 
But anyway. Not that I can't. I just don't. <laughs> yeah, she can. <laughs> if they don't have pictures, she doesn't know what to do. But anyway. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, no. She is more of a comic book reader. But, uh, well, hey, I can't say I don't like comics either. Like I said, I just read Watchmen, The Boys, things like that. Really good stuff. But, yes. But. Um, you know yeah. who's got a great comic? And I'm going to throw it out to him. Thomas Jane. you got a great comic. Savage Planet. It was really Thomas Jane did it. Yeah. Oh, interesting. He wrote one that's really good. Oh, I'll give it to you. It was good. We're sidetracked. Yeah, that's all right. Hey, you know what? That's what happens. We brought up Thomas Jane multiple times in this podcast. We do like Thomas Jane here at Rich's Movie Corner. So we like the Thomas Jane. Yes, I actually do like Thomas Jane. And you guys know him from The Mist. Uh, He was a budget punisher. Although, I will say this. I think if that movie... And I was actually telling Rich this uh, last week, I think, or the week before. I think if they would have named that movie something else, it would have done way better. It was a good revenge flick. It just wasn't The Punisher. But anyway, let's move on. Uh, So we left off last week on number 19, Bride of Frankenstein. And when I mean left off, I mean this this is what we we are going to do tonight. So... Bride of Frankenstein, 1935. Once again, guilty pleasure of mine when I was a kid. Yes. Um, like I was saying previously, I uh, was allowed to watch all the Universal Monster movies as a kid, so I saw all of these. And if you were a man, <laughs> you should be making your kids watch the Universal yeah. Monster movies. <laughs> uh, let's, let's, uh, let's think about this movie. We were actually kind of discussing it before we started recording. This is a, uh, a tragedy. Yeah. It's a love story and a tragedy. It's a, it's a very romantic movie. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, there are times... So we can't give away the ending. Um, or we're trying not to. You know, the monster is given a love. Yeah, the monster wants a bride. And it doesn't turn out the way he would expect. No. And the doctor, Frankenstein, I believe, actually gets... Because it's been a minute since I've seen it. actually gets pulled back into this to create this. And... Uh, Things don't work out the way they're supposed to. I, you know, but in a way that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, and, and you know, for you guys out there that are listening to us and think that we might be vague on certain things, it's kind of hard to do a show like this where we can't just tell you the everything. Like if I could go straight to the ending of this movie and tell you the tragedy and everything else. It'd be so much better, but we can't. We're trying not to. I know. It's hard because a lot of these yeah. movies could literally be done in one episode yeah, I, I could themselves. Li- you know, it is kind of sad because I could literally walk you through some of these movies from beginning to the end. And yeah. just give you the whole scope of the film. What was sad, what was good, what was horrific. But we can't do that without spoiling things. So this is one of those ones. Just realize that this is... A love story of sorts ends in a tragic way or even a happy way, depending on how you look at it. I think it's it's very um, it's very good. I remember seeing this when I was a kid and loving it. But once again, Universal was well, kind of like my guilty yeah. pleasure back then. I mean, the Universal monster mm-hmm. movies are, you know, they're so old that they're perfect for children now. Um, but adults still enjoy them. But yeah, they're not going to get the same terror level as an adult that they got in the 30s. No, of course not. Almost 100 years later with so many advances and techniques. Well, for children, it's perfect. And, um, you know, you'll enjoy, but, you know, you'll enjoy this movie on a lot of different levels. 
And uh, I, I agree with it being this high on the list. And I also think that it's, it's much better than Frankenstein. Yeah, you I know, do. If you're following yeah. along and trying to watch the movies with us, we did, uh, we did Frankenstein a few weeks back. And if you didn't particularly like Frankenstein, there is a good chance you will actually love Bride of Frankenstein because it's, it's just a better movie. There's a sadness to this yeah. one, too. This, is, this movie yeah. is on another level. This is the director James Wells' best movie. And, and this is yeah. uh, this might be the best Universal monster movie. And to be totally honest with you, I mean, going back to how we could potentially walk you all the way through these things, if you guys want that, and this is something I meant to talk about last week, I mean, if you just want us to be vague and kind of tell you if we like it or not, that that's cool. But if you guys really want us to like break it down and tell you the whole thing, send send an email. Yeah, let us know. MovieRichesPodcast at gmail.com. Because, exactly, because I, <laughs> I, I really don't mind doing it. It's just we, we kind of, Rich and I were talking a while ago. and we're kind It's of, a fine line whether it, you've yeah, seen it or not. Exactly. It's hard. And we're kind of like torn there. It's like we don't want to spoil things. If you haven't seen it. But we also don't want to be too vague either. Like where we're just sitting around like, we liked it. <laughs> you know, if you guys want us to really dig into it and potentially spoil things, if that's what you want, let us know. Yeah, and the if end. there's a movie that you want us to revisit and mm. do that for, we can totally do that. Yeah. Because we do have sometimes deeper thoughts on the movie that do require spoiling the ending. Exactly. Because yeah. a lot of times the metaphors and themes of the movie are tied into the ending. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, right. and it, it kind of makes it it yeah. kind of makes it hard on us to 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 do a show where we're just like we're going to give you the beginning of the film and then nothing else. We will keep doing that only if that's what you want. If you guys have any um want for us to um, really break down films and stuff like that, we would we would enjoy doing it, um, but only if you guys want us to. And we could definitely get a lot deeper than we are. But yes. but as 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 we are right now, I mean, this I is where we are. Just starting out, this you guys. Is, yeah. Yeah. You know. But you know, as far as going on this movie, this is the creature of the Black Lagoon meets Frankenstein, and it's better than both of them. It's, I, I uh, yeah. It's a it's a tragic love story mixed with horror. And um, it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's, I mean, yeah, it really is tragic. Like, I, once again, we can't spoil it, but um, you watch it and you'll know what we're talking about. I think a few people have shed a tear over this movie. Yeah. So. Shit, I, sh- I shed a tear over a Godzilla movie. At one point. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what I mean? I know, well, that was a... You know, there was a you know, yeah, when he fell down that pit and was burning alive. I mean, that one got me when I was younger, but uh, <laughs> but that just goes to show you how much I love film. I mean, a lot of these things get me sometimes, but yeah. um, like they should. That's what they're there for. I mean, and of course there there is still some you know monster cheese and stuff like that, just like any Universal monster movie. But um, this one does uh, showcase a little bit more of the uh, human side of the monster and you know things like that and i i feel that uh, it was a really good movie this is like and this is going to be a dig so if you take it as a dig i meant it as a dig this is like what shape of water wanted to be <laughs> there's some that's what this movie is there's some people that are going to hate you for that but that's all right uh, shape of water that's i'm sure we, we will dedicate a, 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 a entire episode at one point to Guillermo del toro or shape of water or oh shape. but i will say this if you do have an argument with me, I will more than gladly take it how that movie is highly overrated. <laughs> you know, I can agree. You know, I did, I did like Shape of Water, but it wasn't. Um, it's no Bride of Frankenstein. It, it, well, it's it was, it was not, no. 
Oscar winning yes. fucking movie. You know, it really wasn't. No. But, I, I, my, let's just go there. Yeah. I was saying that yeah. they don't want to go off on a tangent. Yeah, I guess he will. And uh, but anyway, and that's came out the tour. I love his movies, and I think that was a rig. No, I can, you know, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I can't, I don't know if I can say it was overrated or underrated or whatever. I, I just don't, I'm kind of in that middle ground with it where it's like, okay, people told me it was going to be this masterpiece of film and I just don't know like, where okay, I, it's okay. Yeah, but I it's don't know. Like, you think it was the best film of the year? No. Then it's overrated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but at the same time, I, I just don't know where I stand with it. I mean, in, in general, I mean, it was. Now, I, I will be honest. It was I. It was I. I. So. I enjoyed it and thought it was a good movie. It has every right to because all the elements are there to be a good movie. It hits some of my personal pet peeves, so I hate it. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's a personal thing. Uh, but I just don't think, it was, I don't think it's the movie of the year. I don't think it's as impactful as people think. And I also think that they tried to have... He had tried to have his cake and eat it too, where he had very unlikable leads that you're supposed to like simply because they're misunderstood. Whereas Bride of Frankenstein has the emotional depth that unlikable things don't have to be liked and you can still feel bad for them. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, he just had an interview where he talked about how hard it is to make movies for adults. I don't think Shape of Water is really that <laughs> deep of a love story that it's really as... I mean, this Bride of Frankenstein is deeper on that emotional scale than Shape of Water. It's a very similar movie and that's why I made that dig. Well, right. I hate that okay. well, you know what? I won't. I, I won't. Uh, I won't criticize that. But and as much as I know people that will hate this, it's one of those things. It's like I feel that you might be kind of right. I mean, shape and of if water. You love shape yeah. of water. The reason I brought it up is because I think you would actually, if you give it a chance, like Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, shape of water didn't um, change my life. I can tell you that. Well, I mean, I, 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 no. I, really, I mean, I get. Ne- I, neither I, did Bride of Frankenstein. I, but you, I but think you Bride. Of, I actually think if you rewatch it as an adult, it's a very deep movie. Well, I know it's a deep movie. It's just not like, you know, like when people are talking about Shape of Water, how, oh, it's going to change. It, no, it didn't. No. And, what, and what I remember from Bride of Frankenstein is a, is a very emotional take on Frankenstein's monster. And, 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 uh, and an emotional take on romantic love. Yes. And it, does, it goes dirty with it. You're not just liked because you should be liked in that film. Yep. That's all I'm going to say. All right. And we don't so, want to spoil it, but that gets about as close as what... If you can read between the lines, you'll understand where that movie's going. Ugh, okay. <laughs> so let's move on. Well, let's rate it first. You gotta rate it. Five riches. I will give it five riches. And, and you know, any be, of those universes. It's gonna be hard, I five think, riches, and, for all these movies on the list not to be highly rated uh, at this point. But I, I, you know, I just gonna throw I think this movie might be too low on the list. I might put this in my top ten. I don't. If you take into account time period. And how well it ages. I, I don't know. Really I don't know if it would be in my top ten, but I do know that it's going to be in my one hundred for yeah. sure. Um, well, you know, the, the caveat here is for you guys at home who might be listening for the first time. I am the classic movie lover, and mm-hmm. I am also the monster movie is my favorite. And this well, is about the monster. Well, movie. just remember, <laughs> just remember, I am a creature feature guy myself, but it just, I am selective with them. But you got to understand too that. With the Universal Monster movies, as I've said before in a previous podcast, we're like we're like what I was able to watch when I was a kid. So there's always going to be a special place in my heart for these Universal Monsters because that was what I was allowed to watch. So there's a nostalgic thing there, mm-hmm. and then there's also 
just realizing that they were great. And, and as I got older, I started reading the books. Because mm. a lot of these things are based off, not not Bride of Frankenstein necessarily, but, but you know, Frankenstein, Dracula, uh, Wolfman, so, yeah, all that. I, actually, you know, I think that, Bri- you know, Bride of Frankenstein actually opens up with some Mary Shelley dialogue and things. If you remember. Actually, I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, it opens up. Well, no, it's not. It's not based on. No, Wolf, kind of... Wolfman. I don't remember. Oh yeah, but, yeah. I don't think. Not based yeah, on I don't. Th- yeah, I just Which, thought about that when I said my that. My personal but... favorite is because the Wolfman is my personal favorite. I'm gonna give it a shout out. <laughs> uh, but you know, the Frankenstein's of the best universe. So I saw. Yes. So I made a mistake there. So I read Dracula. I read Frankenstein. Mary Shelley. And it was Invisible Man that I meant to say. That was H.G. Wells, I think. That's a good book. Yeah. And those are some great books. And I don't care what anyone says, because we're, we're never going to get another chance to talk about this. John Carpenter's Invisible Man, uh, Chevy Chase. A memoir. Memoir. It's actually a better movie yeah. than people think. Yeah. That's a really enjoyable movie. <laughs> yeah. You should rent it, watch it before it's forgotten Guys, in the sands of time. Sam Neill, Daryl Hannah. Chevy Chase before he became a total. And some of those special effects are fantastic. Yeah, I actually really liked it. Yeah. Um, that that's one of those forgotten John Carpenter's. Yeah, that is a movie that flopped hard, and I don't know why because that is a. Fun it's actually watch. a pretty good movie. It's a really and Sam, fun watch. You know, and Sam Neill is always good. So, but. Um, and we will be watching him soon. Yes, in the possession, <laughs> which I can't wait. It's showing up on Monday. Okay. Okay, so we got the five riches. Let's move on. I just have to say before we start this one. I got weirdly attracted to James Woods in this movie, <laughs> and it disgusts me. Okay. <laughs> All right, first off, I will talk about that really. We're going to revisit that because James Wood is pivotal, in my opinion, in this movie. And then number two, before we move off of Bride of Frankenstein, because I know I gave a huge dig to Guillermo del Toro, Pacific Rim is really underrated. Everyone should watch that. Yeah, he's always on Pacific Rim. But, but what my wife is talking about is that I showed her for the first time a um, videodrome. David Cronenberg. Yes. Um, Nineteen eighty-three. And I was odd, like oddly attracted to James. You know, Woods, and, and what it bothered and, me? And no, what this was, is, this, I will say this: this is what makes this movie work. This he is had one a of nice the, butt. Well, hold on. This is one of the weirdest, most demented movies you'll ever watch. Yes. But the reason it works is James Wood is so likable. He's I convincing. Don't know, I don't know if there's another person who can play such a sleaze bag and still be so like. Yeah, it, it, you know, and and I was for, it's like I showed Crystal Videodrome last night for the first time. I was shown Videodrome uh, for the first time by Jake, and um, it's been so long since I've seen it, so I revisited it a little while ago, and I, I'll tell you what a movie. And it, it, so this, you know, how we were talking with Dead Ringers, how I don't think that was truly a horror oh, this film. Is horror. This is horror. This is very this is, horror. This is media horror. This is in it's your... And it's body... Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, the entire movie, he's starting to change. I mean, as soon as that he's exposed. So, the movie starts off with a cable exec that's trying to find something more extreme uh-huh. to air, which you was, know. Which was a big theme around this time. Yeah, yeah, you know, something more than what normal softcore porn is. And, you know, and I'm assuming that, you know, he was on networks that would show that kind of thing, you know. Well, if I remember correctly, he was on the UHF station. Yeah, Channel 83. Kind of, yeah, which were a little unmonitored back in the Yeah, day. and he was trying to find that next thing. And he has a guy that works for him that scrambles, or unscrambles, I should say, feeds from other places. And they come across something that is very much torture porn. And it's he, and of very co- torture yeah, porn. Yeah, it, it, very, it is torture porn. That he is so naive to think is, is acting. Uh-huh. You know, he's thinking, okay, this is, this is actors. I mean, this is 
Blah blah blah. Well, as the movie yeah, goes he's on, he's attracted to it by the low cost of there's no yeah. writing, there's no nothing. and it's so extreme. Yeah. It's torture, something that they haven't aired before, yeah. and um, he ends up uh, getting entangled into a web of things that turns out that that feed is not fake; it's real, and um, you know a type of snuff network and yeah, it uh, for his yeah we had go well if she ever really was there i mean that that's just what i'm saying this one's kind of hard to review because, without giving away anything there are some very weird things that go on in this movie he ends up uh, being programmed by this network to be an assassin gets reprogrammed to be an assassin against them um Grows a grows a vagina. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm sorry. It's in his stomach. It actually, which is actually, uh, it's a great place to hide. Yeah, where he hides. <laughs> where he, he hides. Yes, brain. he hides his gun in there. There is actually a vagina stomach in this movie. That, I can vouch for it. That um, the video drone people actually say, "Open up for me," and he opens. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an extremely graphic, you know. No, this is one of the. This is one of the. Like, the ice it was one of the strangest, most fucked up movies you'll ever watch. Well, look at that. It works because, like, I really honestly think if you didn't have James Wood as the lead here, being likable. I mean, I don't know how this would work with someone you don't like. I can't imagine this movie working with like Michael Ironside. No. Yeah. This is no Scanners. You'd like halfway through, like, what the fuck am I watching? Well, I literally, <laughs> I remember telling Richard when he first started it, I was like, ugh, look at James Wood. He's so fugly. And yeah, stuff like, yeah. And then at the end of it, I was like, what does that? I can, I could be yeah, with James Wood. Yeah, like, but what, but what I was does, attracted to Yeah, but what does movie. that say about you? Because I don't know. <laughs> because as the movie starts, he starts to become uh, masochistic, sadomasochistic, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, he starts whipping. I mean, I mean, what does that say about you? Maybe we need to reevaluate our marriage here. But I will say, I need you to pierce my ears. <laughs> I will say this: you know, he's introduced to a tape once he um, gets really involved. I can't tell you too much more about it, but he starts digging and he finds Doctor Oblivion and uh, starts, you know, getting involved in this. He's given a tape that actually seems to be alive. And he starts to uh, dive into this thing. It's like a program, a TV program that controls your mind. And I, we can't get too much further down the rabbit hole here with this because it'll give away the movie. But um, if you're looking for a nightmare, if film, you're if you're looking if you're looking for a weird Cronenberg film that has a lot of uncomfortable images and uh, S and M type of scenes and um, Breathing and living television sets, whips, chains, <laughs> vagina stomachs, the effects of media. I mean, there's some metaphors here. I mean, there there is literally a clinic that is inside of a Catholic church, Cathodray, not Sunshine, but it's church. <laughs> uh, they might have got it there, where they are actually using television to integrate homeless and people that are not, you know, integrated properly into society to to integrate them properly into society mm -hmm. with television i mean it's just it's a very media there's a huge emphasis a on media of, there's a lot of statements about yep and uh i i actually really like this movie um i liked it the first time i saw it uh this is a five star for me oh see i gave it four i this is a five star for five me star? yeah I like this movie enough to give this a five star because it makes you uncomfortable. It makes you think. Yes, it does. And um, I you know, give this yeah, a 
Yeah. I I get. I, I gave actually, it four because I was uncomfortable. No, I, I, I get that on an enjoyment. But this is a horror movie. Right. And and it makes you uncomfortable. It is. When I say this is one of the strangest movies, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, you know, you watch some of these movies and you go, how the fuck did this thing get made? You're just being strange for the sake of being strange. Everything in this movie has a reason, has a place. And it's hard to pinpoint like a metaphor. Yeah. And on it. I will say this. Yeah, and it's good. And I will say this before creative. we move on. Hail to the new flesh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And so anyway, uh, and that, and you'll get that if you see the movie. I can't get, I can't get too far into that without ruining everything. But uh, hail to the new flesh. I feel it's comfortable where it's yeah. spot wise. I haven't seen every Cronenberg mm-hmm. movie, but this is the best one in yes. my opinion. Yeah, I I like Cronenberg's movies. I actually actually you know what? I can't say this is the best. If I have to look I at my husband and go, I think this is the best one. I think yeah. the best body horror. Well, we'll get to that soon. But it's close. But <laughs> Videodrome will be in my tops. When I have to look at my husband and go, what the heck is going on? It's it's a pretty funky movie. Yeah, there is a lot of of. Of things going on in this movie and and suggestive thing and you'll you'll know you'll see when you see it or you already know (laughs) or you already but what you know we'll be getting to one of my favorite Cronenberg films here shortly I don't know if it's tonight but it is it is okay so we'll be getting there soon so let's move on that's a five rich movie for me five rich movie for the other rich and then here at number 17 I remember when you showed me this one too. It's one of my favorite movies <laughs> of all good. time. I will agree. And this this is great. would actually take my number one almost. Yes, I agree with. Yep. This um, is the best one we've ever had. Yes. The, I can agree with that. The thing. And when I say almost, you would I would be hard pressed to find something that would take the number one spot. But John Carpenter's. Uh, the thing 1982 oh my goodness this freaked what me out a movie when you this showed was. me this one i was really freaked out by this one i don't think i've ever met someone who dislikes this movie one i've shown this movie to countless like people it. or told them to watch it they've all enjoyed it but number two this movie has been copied so many times i know this is the remake of a movie we already did in this list so yeah. but this is the definitive version of that story. And that story didn't and, even come close to it. And it's the definitive yeah. version of just this. I mean, it literally, it, there's X-Files episodes based on this. There's Star Trek episodes based on this. And when I say based on it, I mean carbon copies. Yeah. Uh, so this is, uh, if you've watched a sci-fi show, a horror show, there is an episode, takes this storyline, does it almost verbatim. It's not as good. And, and uh, yeah, this is so head and shoulders above the original movie, and it's uh, this is this is and it, this it, is the horror movie. Yeah, and it took yeah. on it took on a, a whole other thing that the original movie never even touched on. I mean, this Almost is kind of like claustrophobia. No, well, well, yeah, snow I, thing yeah. away from everything, uh, and yeah. all this shit happens, and you're like, where the hell are you gonna go, like? Yeah, I mean, this is a movie about tension, paranoia, claustrophobia, uh, entrapment, 
everything you could think of. I mean, the original movie didn't touch on this, not like this. I mean, it starts off with a Norwegian helicopter chasing a dog through the snow, runs into him, and this is in Antarctica, by the way, and it runs into a research camp. The American research The, the American one. And the Americans don't understand why they're chasing this dog. They end up blowing trying to yeah, blowing themselves up. One of them gets shot by, by an American security guard that's on the base. The dog gets into the camp, infiltrates it, and it is an alien life force that begins to assimilate and copy the residents of the American um, research center. And it's revealed they already did it to Norway. Yep. So... And I'll tell you right right now, I I can't even remember a movie that has and it was all practical effects, by the way. So if you guys saw the uh, remake or the prequel remake, I actually heard something very interesting. Um, I did the very I did no research on this, but I was told by this by someone who is also a movie buff, and I I feel comfortable saying this is the truth, even though. The reason the things re uh, prequel sequel whichever you want to call it the reason everything looks so bad is they actually did all those effects practically mm-hmm. then the producer of that film didn't like the way they looked didn't think it would be marketable and had the crappy cg put on top of them yeah which had is a very low budget which is unfortunate and that movie looks terrible yep. so if you are out there and it's true that you are the producer mm-hmm. that owns this movie why don't you just release the practical effect? Yes. Cut? Because the yeah. movie's not bad, it just looks god awful. Well, right. well, even though it's not bad, it's not, not, nothing can touch the original. Oh, well, I mean... The, the, the way that John Carpenter captures the isolation and the feeling of dread of knowing that something... Because after a while... paranoia. Is your friend your friend? Or is your friend... Yeah, I mean, after, after you know that the thing is in there and they know and they know that something is in their base and copying them that that moves the movie into directions that are so creepy and tense and i mean you wouldn't think so you'd think okay well an alien copy film has been done but not like you don't know who's who the way that the creature reacts when found out is extremely violent Extremely gory, volatile. I mean, this movie has gore effects that still to this day hold up. Oh, yeah. This is, this is, I, for my money, this is the best looking horror movie ever made. Yeah. Uh, and um, I don't think that's ever going to change because practical effects age very well. And, um, McCready, yeah. uh, you know, uh, Kurt Russell's character, yeah. uh, he does a fantastic job in this. I, I mean, mean, yeah, it's like a, I don't know how to put it. It's like a, every everything came together for this movie. You know, the actors that were in it were perfect for their roles. Bill Lancaster didn't write many scripts. Mm-hmm. He only wrote four, but like he captured the novella, which is based off of perfectly. He all hit, you know, John Carpenter's at the height of his career, mm-hmm. and he got left alone. Was able to do whatever he wanted. You know, uh, he's been multiple interviews with him where he talks about how him and Kurt Russell re went back and change scenes to make everything perfect they were given that much time by the studio and it just it shows this is the perfect version of this movie and honestly uh as a movie rich i don't really this is one of those times i can say this i don't really care what the popular you know popular opinion is i feel that this would be on one of my number one spots period i actually Mm -hmm. i think this would be my number one yeah 
I, I actually this is, th- my, this is yeah I mean amazing this, yeah, this is amazing this movie's I understand that I I mean there's always gonna be an argument like maybe The Exorcist should always be yeah, number one because no. of the impact it had the thing didn't have that kind of impact but as far as just but nothing nothing movies, yeah it's nothing just, it's no, a perfect movie exactly nothing insipits the terror that this movie does in, some, in certain things yeah I mean you know it, it's paranoia just like Paranoia is such a primal emotion that everyone enjoys a film about paranoia. Every thriller. You know, even a lot of love slur movies, like the subplots, they're all about paranoia. Paranoia is something that everyone relates to, and this is the ultimate paranoia. Yeah, exactly. I have to say, I've had it before when I had those steroids, and I had steroid psychosis, and it induced paranoia. And I don't know if there's anything more scary than... Yeah. Paranoia. <laughs> no, well, well, it's true. Terrifying. I mean, you, yours was yours was prescription induced. Imagine being locked down on a on a on a Arctic continent where there's nowhere to go. I mean, you run out of your base and you'll die from exposure. But you know that if you stay there, there's something that is literally copying you and trying to literally take control of anything that is human life to make it its own. I mean the dog scene, and not and not to spoil anything, but there is a, a really graphic uh, first encounter with this thing with, with that involves the uh, sled dog. Really, kind of lets you know what this creature is. It, it's it's uh, it, it's very impactful, nasty in some ways. Uh, very uh, just I don't I don't even know the word for it. Like, like paranoia, you know, is is a good word, but it, it's almost like a it's a movie that works on fears that you don't usually have worked on in certain other films. You know what I mean? Like you watch your slashers, you watch these other ones, even possession movies. Yeah, that's scary and all that, but what would you do against an entity that can't be called away with the power of Christ or can't be driven away by just normal ingenuity because you don't know where it is it's always changing you don't know who is who you don't know what is what and i thought that this movie was fantastic i mean it is my number one i can say that it's definitely a five star yeah um, and i this is probably the most five star out of anything that w- for me that i've done this is definitely five star this is like 10 this star. is i would say if you haven't seen this film watch it watch yes. it right away and just know what you're getting into. It's a slow build, but it is a it's fantastic film. And you'll see gore effects like you haven't seen in any, in, in any movie in a long time. And it's all practical. No CG. Oh, yeah, I don't like scary movies. If I love it, it's good. Yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> Watch it if you haven't watched it. And um, no shame. And at the end of the movie, if you can't figure out exactly what the hell is going on, because they filmed it in a way... There is no visual clues to let you know what the hell is going on. Yep. Yes. So, and that's important because it, the feeling it leaves you with is intriguing. And just to uh, kind of let you know, because we're running low on time and we've only done a couple movies, we're hitting some heavy hitters tonight. So the we gotta thing... at least get to number ten. Yeah, and the fly is actually coming up. Yes. Um, which is. My, oh, my favorite, that yeah, that's my favorite Cronenberg movie ever made, I even love. above Videodrome. <laughs> so, and Crystal, too. So, we're hitting some big ones. I just love Jeff Goldblum. So, yeah, well, she just <laughs> likes Jeff Goldblum. I actually, The Fly is one of the most tragic body it's horror films. Well, yeah, there we go. But The Fly is one of the most tragic body horror that's films I've ever seen. 
So we are going to kind of hit a little bit of a wall here. We might not get to all 10 because, you know, you got to think every time we hit things like The Thing or any of these big movies, takes us a minute to get there. so what we're gonna we're gonna move on to one that this is an all uh, dose rich one because i have not seen this one and this is i walked with a zombie 1943 i'm gonna let him run with that the one after that is peeping tom which we've both seen so we'll get on to that when he's done all right well i walk with zombie i kind of already touched on this movie when we were talking about cat people and um, leopard man and this is another val lawton jack Turner, which I'm just going to call Jack Turner um, production. Um, this is the story of a Caribbean adventure slash visit gone awry. Uh, it delves deeply into things that at the time were very unique and interesting. And, you know, and actually a lot of horror movies still haven't explored them, but voodoo. African idolatry, uh, the concept of the zombieism, uh, with using the blowfish to mind control people, like actual zombies, you know, not, not, uh, the zombies we are super familiar with, uh, the flesh-eating, you know, monsters, the actual... The walking dead. Yeah, the concept <laughs> of, you know, in, in, in Haitian culture of zombifying people. It's actually really explored in, uh, Serpent in the Rainbow, which is a good book, and a pretty good movie. I like the movie. Uh, I know a lot of people hate the movie, but I enjoy it. But um, the thing is, is uh, I actually think this is the weakest of the three movies so far. Uh, it has extremely low budget. Uh, the director really does overcome that low budget, but it shows through. Um, it's it's very much a politically based movie, and with the way people feel about politics, it's going to ebb and flow in importance on lists like this, if it makes lists at all. Uh, right now, with the way everyone feels about things, this is apparently number 14 all-time horror movie. But I have a feeling, if you go back 5, 10 years ago, this movie probably didn't even appear on a list. And the reason being is the things are about slavery, uh, racism, uh, people's place, uh, there's a little bit of feminism in there, the main character's a woman, um, these are like these are the central themes of the movie, and it's a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. It's very much um, in the vein of Cat People and Leopard Man. If you follow along, you actually took time to watch them. It's about an hour, a little over an hour movie. Uh, great dialogue, good characters, some good actors, some poor actors. Very well filmed, but also very low budget. And like I said, it'll show through. And if you liked Leopard Man, you liked Cat People, you're gonna like this movie. Uh, if you didn't like those, don't bother watching this movie. You're not going to like this movie. <laughs> but yes, this movie is up this high because of its themes. So if themes don't do it for you, which, you know, they don't particularly do it for me, uh, then, you know, if themes do do it for you, and you're one of those people that sees, like, Get Out, and then people go, top five, four, you know, top one horror movie, and you think so, watch this movie. Right. You're going to love this movie. This is Get Out Before Get Out. You know, this is, I think it's better than Get Out, to be honest. I think it deals with uh, the stuff in the time, so it's a more heavy-hitting. Um, I really like anything that deals with voodoo and, and Haitian uh, witchcraft and all these things. Um, 
It's got great shots. Serpent in the rainbow. I did bring that up. He yeah. did bring yeah. it up. Yeah. And so I'm saying. So Richard like, went to pee. So. Yeah. So I came back. I didn't so, hear that. Yeah. But uh, no, this is an enjoyable, really good film. It ages pretty damn well because the dialogue's so sharp. I personally give it four riches. I will give it four riches as a film. I don't even know if this would make my top 100. I mean, I don't personally. I don't see Val Lawton and Jack Turner's getting three spots on this list and Val Lawton actually has four or five spots on this list and I just don't see it personally but like I said Leopard Man and these three movies in my opinion is the best but this is right if you would you know this is that same style movie and um, I do recommend it especially if you like classic classic horror films or if you like heady horror films that will really delve deep into social political issues and uh, there is also a lot a very fun voodoo. And everybody loves voodoo. <laughs> voodoo. The voodoo that you do. Voodoo. 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 You do. <laughs> yes. In that movie at home. All right. <laughs> uh, Labyrinth. So anyway. I said at home, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, you gave him the answer. So, so here um, we have A Walk with the Zombie at four stars. I can't argue that because I haven't seen it. So but you I'll, have seen the next one. But yes, I have. Now, so I. next movie um, is something that, it's number 15 on the list, 1960, Peeping Tom. Now, this movie, there, there's this long run. It, it, so Rich and I have decided not to compare this to Psycho. No. Because, because a lot of people say, oh, this was better than Psycho. And some people say, oh, Psycho is better than this. I don't know why they were compared to each other. I think because it they're was the time when they came yeah out. It, it they shouldn't be compared with each other completely because they're different. completely yeah. like glaringly. I mean, they're both. I was thinking about this after we discussed it. They're both British horror movies, and they both deal with damage caused by a parent. Yeah, but and that's it. There's nothing that's else. It, that's it. They they are completely separate films. So we're not even going to go into this and touch that subject um, where they are compared to each other. So I you're I actually feel like they're both their own. I, I completely. Movies. I don't even know where that debate came from. I think, like you said, it's because they both came out what the same time well, yeah, and think, one yeah. just got better. Well, it, it actually, yeah, it reminds me of the Star Wars Star Trek debate, which is like if you're actually a fan of both shows and watching. What the hell is there a debate for? They're so completely mm-hmm. different. Yeah. That, like, like it's start, just one you know, got like better. Some, yeah, some guy comparing Babylon 5 to Star Trek, like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Someone comparing Star Wars to Star Trek, you're like, well, one is sci fi. Exactly. And one is a space saga that's based yeah. on fantasy and space. Exactly. Yeah. And you've seen it too. People have compared Oh, them. I, yeah. And I actually it, went in this expecting to, you know, I, I watched this movie specifically for this list. I avoided this movie because I. We will get to it. We'll get to it. I am not a huge Psycho fan. I enjoy it. I did enjoy it. Um, read the book. Uh, enjoyed that as well. Did not particularly love it. I have seen it twice. Once to watch it. Once to watch it someone else. And so I avoided it, thinking it was going to be some sort of copy. And it's not. No. And and we have you know Richard and I have polar opposite views on here. I actually really liked Psycho. And I actually really loved it. The book was so much more perverse than... But this isn't a no, book. No, I liked it. Right? Yeah, the book, Robert Block's book was, was absolutely just ridiculous. compared. But, but that being said, when I heard that this was like the, you know, the 
competitor to Psycho, I was thinking, okay, this has a lot to live up to, right? Totally, totally different movies. Like they're not even in the I'm, same league with each other. You know, like I said, there's the Brit- they're British. They deal with damage because they're And then I, one thing I did forget, I did mention when we were talking about this, it does kind of deal with first person viewpoint at points in the filming. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's like comparing Halloween to Psycho because it's yeah, first person. Exactly. It it's just, and of course, you know, some of these latter. Movies use Psycho as a yeah as a you know well, reference, know. but what what Peeping Tom does is yes, it takes a first person stance on certain things, but the the perversity of it, I actually think in a lot of ways goes beyond what Psycho did. I mean, Psycho, and like once again, I don't want to sit here and com- and compare the two. Yeah, I think it's a show we share because they're totally different. They're totally different. Psycho deals with somebody that's extremely demented and damaged to the point where he doesn't even know what he's doing as we're in peeping tom he does he i mean he's aware he's self-aware he knows and and peeping tom actually involves a uh, a film crew assistant or a camera man assistant that moonlights as a serial killer at night and likes to film his kills first person and he has some really ingenious ways of doing so well one way really you know with his camera stand which i won't get too far into so we don't ruin it he gets off on compiling films of him murdering women and watching their faces and how they react as he slowly kills them and And reveal of how he does that I particularly enjoyed. Mm-hmm. There is an element to that that's not revealed to the end of the movie that takes mm-hmm. what he's doing to another level. Yep, and he actually falls in love with a tenant in his apartment complex who gets close to him. And the mother, you know, it, it's just, it's a weird thing. She starts to understand what's going on, and it's its a little more human than Psycho oh, is, yeah. I'd say. I would yeah. say. You know, my reaction to this movie was, the best way I can explain that is, me and the other rich here, we like to watch, he likes to watch riff tracks, I watch it with him. And I remember this one particular riff tracks where we were watching a Christopher Walken movie and they're telling their jokes and they're making fun of it and there's a scene where they bust in and this guy gets shotgunned out a window and they all go quiet and one of them says, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> That's the way I felt about this. I was kind of talking to yeah. myself and like, okay, I gotta watch it for this list. You know, I don't want to watch this psycho knockoff. And about a half hour in, I came out of my stupor and went, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> yep. The movie is awesome. Yeah, if you haven't seen it and you are a fan of Hitchcock and you are a fan of those types of films, you know, on the more violent side of Hitchcock, you, you're doing yourself an injustice by not seeing it. Because, I mean, you, you could be as diehard of a fan as you want, but you're really missing out on a movie that really was, I mean, the acting was tremendous. Mm-hmm. And the the film tor- was great. The film work was great. The twist at the end is absolutely um, so tough mm. question. Huh? Which one do you think is better? Oh, no, we can't. No, oh. we can't do that. We're not going to compare the two. Oh, I will say. That's right. I will say this. I, from a technical standpoint, I mean, Psycho is just an amazing movie. As far as what did I enjoy more, I enjoyed Peeping Tom. Yeah, you know, I I can't really. I mean. I don't know if there's a better ending to a movie than I wouldn't even hurt a fly, like in Psycho. I mean, that was pretty insane. So I can't compare the two, but that's why we Fair didn't enough. want to do that. I, because, I agree. because they are totally. I don't know why they got compared to begin with. I, you know, it's like it's because they both came out head to head, just yeah. like The yeah. Lion King and. Well, this movie though. I mean, the thing about this movie though is like this movie. I did a little reading about this movie. And this movie flopped so hard. No one watched it. Critics bashed it. 
So in a weird way, I think it's probably compared because people just know it all. Is people are like, oh, you think you like Psycho? Check out people. Yeah, and that and that's a that's right. a possibility. But I would say this: whether it bombed or not, it was good. And what you know, even even with my stance on Psycho, which I really really think is one of the greats. You can't go, and Peeping Tom would stay on my list. Oh, I would put this in my top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's something we're not really touching on, which I really enjoy and I want to touch on it for. The way this is filmed is really intriguing, and the way this is acted is really intriguing, is that it's horrifying, yes, but there's also a strange separation where it's like, it's almost satirical about moviegoers and how we watch movies. Like, there's like a weird disconnect when watching the movie, and you gotta watch it to get that feeling. Maybe you know you won't. I got it, which is like they were going for this feeling that you feel like a peeping tom when watching the movie because yeah. you're watching this. It's not really. I didn't find it like it's horrifying, yes, but also found it strangely. Um, yes, satirical is the best word I can look for. It wasn't laugh out loud satirical, but they like I got this definite vibe. Of the director basically poking you in the face, going, "You're the peeping tom." Yeah, and yeah. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, and, and you know, and and even the the thrown in love story. I mean, the guy really loves the girl. I thought that was incredibly well done, and that's yeah. one of the reasons I I actually uh, yeah I was blown away by the movie. There's a lot of elements to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Movie. I mean, the guy really loves the girl, even though, and he won't do anything to harm her. Like there's there's literally a scene where. I mean, basically, the guy can't take a picture of somebody without killing them. Well, and he's addicted to their fear. Exactly. So he won't. He refuses to take a picture of the woman that he has fallen for because he's afraid that he'll go down that dark path. Her. I don't know. There's a lot of elements to this movie I really enjoyed. I. I, I don't know if this would be my top ten. I'd. I'd say this is a four for me. I wouldn't give this a five just because. The only reason I wouldn't give this five is because I the rewatchability factor. I don't think I'd watch this over and over again. I still think it's a beautiful film. I just I don't know if it's a five for me. I would actually I would give this five for me. Would, I would you? Give this five. I I I really I I don't know how to explain it other than that. There's a there's a strange. I mean, the director just captured this way that I'm in. Well, we got. I really enjoyed the subtext of trying to figure out if the whole movie is literally just a dark joke about how we like to watch violence. Well, we got. Well, we got to hit a, a median. How about four and a half? Yeah, we can hit a median. Yeah, four and, four, and yeah, yeah. four and a half. Four and a half. It doesn't matter to me if we disagree. We can disagree. No, but we still got it. We got to rate it. It, it. But you know, don't get me wrong. I'm not giving this four because it's. It's a bad film. It's just one of those movies that when I watched it, I was really intrigued. But would I come back to it and watch it again? Probably not. You'll have to see for yourselves. When you watch it, it, it it's a very it, it is a very dark movie. Let's face it. It's a very dark film. I, I don't know. It's one of those things. Four and a half for me. Four and a half for Rich. Let's move on. Um, what do we got? Uh. Oh, Pulse. The one you showed me last night. <clears throat> yes, Pulse. <laughs> so this movie was interesting. So I don't know if I said this on the on one of our podcasts or not. I, I was confusing this movie with The Signal. And I was wrong. It's not The Signal. Pulse is an entirely <laughs> different movie. And Rich and I were joking about it last night. I was like, man, I, I'm so glad that I 
actually went and found this movie and didn't start talking about the wrong film. So, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? He did. He said the same thing. He's all like, yeah, when I was talking to Rich about it, I realized I mixed it up with a movie, so I'm glad I watched the right one. So, so Pulse starts out, some friends not seeing another friend and wondering where he is, and they go over to his house, find him um, basically kind of like, well, the one girl does, comatose in his bedroom. He gets up, very creepy scenes. Um, they're trying to get a hold of a disc that they're doing for a project in school, and he was working on it and finishing it up. Uh, girl goes over to get the disc. Friend isn't answering the phone, nothing, so they go over, check on him, and he hangs himself. And literally, like, dissolves into the wall. And as the movie goes on, uh, you start to realize that um, there is a new internet, like, portal that is introducing you to ghosts. And there's something called the Forbidden Room, where there is a, a guy with a black plastic bag over his face and if you are unlucky enough to watch what he does if you acknowledge that he that you're on his page he won't move unless you hit enter that things start going wrong well as the movie starts to move on everybody in the city starts to disappear i mean at, at the end of the movie there's only like two people left alive and it is kind of creepy i'm not gonna lie there is a lot of things freaks me out yeah there's a lot of things that go wrong and uh red tape has a big a big thing to do with this movie if you watch it you'll understand i can't keep keep going into detail but uh, there are uh, a lot of different things and it's not just that forbidden room there's there are ghost encounters throughout the movie then if you enter a room that has been taped off with red tape, you shouldn't go in there. But I believe, personally, it starts with watching that Forbidden Room. And um, very cool, I, not not top 100 for me, by the way, but uh, very creepy, very cool ghost scenes. There's one that involves um, a guy going down into a basement that gets very creepily um, stalked by a ghost that really freaked out my wife. <laughs> you remember because well, she starts out like walking slow she goes like and then this. she then she does like some weird she dips down low yeah. and then she gets back up and i was it, i told my husband i was like i don't like this yeah i actually think that movies like um uh that have come out you know more recently like uh what's the std one it's um it follows it follows things like that actually Ooh, it took i think it actually took um some things from this movie um i think a few different movies have borrowed from this and it was a very creepy film and yeah because she doesn't move quickly she no it's really kind of it's kind of like it's almost like if you, you and you're like yeah it's almost like if you could escape you'd be all right but you can't because you're frozen in fear kind of thing it was and it was creepy. It, there are some creepy scenes in there and the movie starts off with with uh two characters on a cruise ship that's out in the middle of the ocean you don't know who's who and turns out uh without ruining the story that it is one of the main characters and that's where she ends up just to get away from everything and there is there's some love story in here there are some really creepy ghost story things and the movie is a huge metaphor for the loneliness of people that try to to um, seek companionship online there is actually a scene in the movie where um the there are two characters yelling at each other about the ghosts that are taking over the city because i mean everything is becoming abandoned because everybody's getting 
killed by these ghosts. And she goes, well, what are these? You know, and she pulls up all of these social media accounts of just these lonely people just sitting in their rooms doing nothing. And she says, how are these people different than the ghosts? It's like, if I'm going to be alone when I'm dead, how am I different than these people? And it was a huge metaphor on how how people that cannot do anything outside of of you know video chat online are no different than the dead and i mean it, it's really in your face i mean the guy i mean you couldn't you you know what i'm talking about Chris. I, I have to say it was pretty creepy there yeah were multiple times i looked at you and i was like why am i even watching this because yeah so messed you up. you really couldn't argue that i mean she goes how are we different than the dead when we look like this and she Correct. pulls up all these things and there's just all these lonely people sitting there it's waiting for somebody to talk to yeah it's online. a thinker <laughs> so the very big um statement there so i mean if you guys are looking for something that has a very big social statement has some very creepy ghost scenes things like that this is a great movie to watch i mean it will creep you out don't get me wrong it cre- there were some scenes that creeped me out and I typically don't get creeped out by the Japanese, you know, horror films. You know, um, some Korean ones, yeah, but the Japanese one, <laughs> Japanese ones usually kind of. But you know, I would give this a solid four. This would, I will yeah. give this a four for what it is. But this would not be on my top ten. I can tell you that. <clears throat> I don't know where Slant thought that this was. I mean, maybe the social commentary. Maybe like. Yeah. Number forty or thirty. Yeah, but I but it it would like probably that. stay in my top one hundred. I I actually do think that there were some scenes in here that were creepy enough and had relevance enough. I mean, he really takes the idea of what social media is. And yeah. Kind of makes it horrific. Like. Makes me want to watch it. Yeah. So. So anyway, it's, yeah, it's I'll I'll keep good. it there. A good four. So we're gonna move on because we're we're about to get into some heavy hitters here. So we got to get moving. This one is Richard only, because I did not get to see this. This is Repulsion, 1965, Roman Polanski. And he actually started re-watching this thinking he hadn't seen it, and then realized he had. I love those movies. What was the one that I did that to you just a little bit? Oh, History of Violence. I've never seen it. And then I put it on. I buy it just to put it on for her. She's like, oh, yeah, I saw this. I'm like... Damn. I told him, I was like, does he go to the hotel and shoot the kid? And he just looks at me and he goes, so you have seen it. It happens. I mean, I needed to buy it anyway. I mean, it's yeah. a great Cronenberg movie. Yeah. Anyway, let's okay. move on with Repulsion. All right, Repulsion. So, yeah, I did fire this baby up a couple days ago because I was on the fence if I'd seen it. I watched it for about a half hour, realized I'd seen it. Fast forwarded to a couple of scenes I was shaky on. Eh, I don't know. This is a um, <laughs> this is a horror movie, and it is a psychological horror movie. And Slant's list seems to favor them. I feel that this movie is a little out of date for reality of the woman's situation in this film. I think many people would disagree with me and think that no, society hasn't changed at all since nineteen. 19- 65 and blah 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 and that would be an arguing of opinion and things but the funny enough I think that actually for a lot of people that don't think society's changed since 1965 you might want to watch the movie (laughs) because 
that was society then and that's not now. And so the things that people are upset about, yeah, they, society has changed a lot. But basically this movie is the title. This entire movie is about a woman's repulsion over men's sexuality and their wanting to express it with women to the point that she becomes a murderer and takes it out on the men who express it in this film. How so? Um, what do you mean how so? Well, I mean, just like, how, what does she do? Because I haven't seen it. Oh, like. So, you know, I basically, she opens up this film that she is, is, is expressed. She's very timid. Uh-huh. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, innuendo. Mm-hmm. You can basically maybe surmise that her husband, uh, her sister's boyfriend might be trying to take advantage or has taken advantage. Or, you know, but as far as what you actually know for a fact, she's living with her sister. Her sister is obsessed with a man who's not that nice of a guy. She has to sit there and listen to her get fucked all the time, uh-huh. the room away. Uh, every dude's coming at her because she's gorgeous. Basically, she's the talk of the local bar. When mm-hmm. they're going to fuck her, how they're going to fuck her, who's going to get to fuck her. Um, and there, I don't want to go into it, but there is some sex sequences imply rape, imply she might enjoy it, might not enjoy it. Mm. Things go unhinged and she becomes like, a killer. Yeah. She right. starts taking it out. Um, what would, what, so what would you say, like, with Polanski's other stuff, like, you know, like The Tenant and this stuff is, like that? This is more horror in your face horror than The Tenant. I, I I still think The Tenant's a better movie than this if he didn't start it himself. If he didn't start, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I think that they just needed a little bit better of an actor. That's right. You told me yeah. that, that maybe him being in The yeah. Tenant kind of screwed yeah, things yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. he cast himself as the he shouldn't have. Uh, this is a very similar movie to The Tenant. Roman Polanski in his horror uh, really uses sound. This movie's very big on sound. Yeah. Um, so atmospheric. Yeah, so he's very, very atmospheric. atmospheric. The dream yeah. sequences are fantastic. The things that are in mind are fantastic. You know, they capture a really good one here on Slant with the, the hands. and You know, this is, this is a terrifying film. I think that the issue with this being a little out of date for the modern world is men don't come at women like this anymore. And there's women that think men do, but I think yeah. if they watch this film, they would realize that the society different, is just, different time. It's a different time. Yeah, different it's, time. It's, just, it's, yeah. it's fucking it's almost 60 years later. Yeah. And so, you know, and uh, so I don't know if it would be as heavy hitting yeah. for a lot of people. But, you know, it's, it's a great, great film. Uh, it's a great psychological horror movie. Her Descent into Madness is fantastic. Um, it is one where if everything goes down the way she seems to think you kind of identify with her as the killer. At the same time, she starts to do things that, like good a good horror movie starts to make you go, oh, wait a minute, now I feel bad about myself because I was kind of with her at the, you know. Uh, but no, this is, this is a great film. I, I just, I don't know anymore on a top 100 just because when you have a movie that is all about a specific part of society and society's changed so much, I just don't know if it should still be... Just be a top 100. Yeah, because this movie deals only... With her repulsion about sexuality, yeah, period. that's all it deals. Well, I well I and, believe you. I mean, yeah, and 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 the thing is, is that the way men and women interact has changed in sixty years. I don't care yeah. what anyone says; it has. And you watch this movie, you'll see. Like, and what's interesting about this film is that the most relatable man in this movie, who's a man who meets her in the street, uh, actually generally seems intrigued by her as a person, and is coming at her. I find that most women would think that that man in the modern era is too in your face. 
and he is kind of like the white knight of the movie. Sure. So I just, I don't know. It's just like, it's a hard, I mean, it's a fantastic film. And if you're okay with uh, being able to put yourself in a different time period and actually get their viewpoint, like there's a show called Last Kingdom. I really enjoyed it. I know that a lot of people, I've read their reviews online, they gave up on the show because there is a father-son dynamic where the son betrays the king of the kingdom and the father murders the son in front of the king for his betrayal. And people are like, how could you do that? It was a different time. It was fucking the 1100s. Your yeah. word was your bond. He deserved to die. You know, you're looking at it from a 20... You know, so if you can't... If you're the type of person who turned off Last Kingdom because you can't put yourself <laughs> well, I, in the shoes of an 1100-year-old, you know, fucking... That's the type of person you're not going to... This movie, you're going to basically... You're, if you can't do it, you might not... You might just find this movie over the top and you might not be able to... But if you can't put yourself in the time period, realize that the guys aren't malevolent, the people aren't malevolent, she's actually, like... I mean, it's a, it's a statement, but also that she is a monster. Like, they're not getting their just desserts. Uh, you know, um, she needs help. Uh, you well. know, and, and that the things that are, you know, because it's like the ends justify the means type of thing. But no, I, I do think you would really enjoy this film. Well, and not see it as over the top. Well, your review has filled me. With repulsion. Oh. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, no, no, I, no, no. It, I, I mean, this, no, the, I, yeah, honestly. The quality level of the movie mm-hmm. is a five. Rich. Okay. It's a five rich movie. Well, yeah. It, I uh, mean. But I do think it should be very low on the list because of how dated it is. I actually, there's an argument to put it on the top 100 horror movies. You know, uh, I really do think there is. Um, I would have to think about it really hard because. Slant went very heavy on the psychological horror movies. Yes, they did. And they're, they're just neglecting a ton of genres. And, and, well, and I and when we make our list, we're not a one. Yeah, I, I really do agree with that. Like they they ignored a lot. I mean, they put stuff on this list that that isn't even horror. Yeah. And it, and you know to to me it's like we can get to that. We can get to a a you know a thriller suspense yeah. list, but no, yeah. So I'm just saying I I don't know, but it is a five rich movie. I think that if okay. you are interested in psychological horror. You are interested in a slower film that builds off of sound, builds off of being sensitive to a character. You're gonna love this movie. I really, uh, highly suggest you go out and and give it a watch. I do know because I had I was like, man, I don't know for sure because I've seen almost all the Polanski movies, but this is not ringing a bell. When I watched it, uh, you were able to pull it up for free on uh, several sites, um, so it's out there right now. It's a very easy watch. I. And this is this is a quality movie, but yes, there is nothing to this movie other than her feelings about sexuality. There is no subplots. There is no twists. There is there is just is what's happening exactly the way it's happening, and if so, is she justified in what she's doing? And the title says it all. She is repulsed by human sexuality. It's in her face, and it cracks her mind. All right. Okay, well, let's move on. Now, this one, number 12. Again, Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> is, uh, now we're getting into territory that um, I, you know, this, of course, I've seen. I mean, a lot of the Cronenbergs I've seen, uh, you, you know, uh, this list is, thro- once again, as I've said many times, has thrown me for a loop. But when it comes to Cronenberg, I've seen most of his stuff. Yeah, and this is one of my favorite Cronenberg films that I even put a, a, above personally. Videodrome, 
And that's the thing, or the fly. I'm I, sorry. I will say I like this movie more than I like Video I do think Video Drone is a better horror movie than the fly. I don't. I don't know what to say about that one because I feel. I feel that Videodrome is deeper for sure. Yeah. It's got a deeper meaning. I can say that for a fact. That Videodrome reaches down and and hits areas that the fly just doesn't. The fly. Yeah, well, you know, but the fly does hit on how tech, how advances in technology can screw your shit. <laughs> so you know what I mean. <laughs> it, and Videodrome kind of hits on that in a way. The fly is yes. is actually fly would be in my top ten. Period. It would be actually close to the thing. I'd put the fly above Texas Chainsaw Massacre, mm-hmm. by the way. And uh, uh, yes, and uh, the fly would be almost close to number one for me. I'd put this in my top ten. Yeah, guaranteed. I can almost say that the fly for me, and you know, obviously, you know, this is the movie Rich is not the movie Rich. We have to come to an agreement, but the fly would be very close to number one right. for me. Um, you know, this is you know just to throw this out here. This isn't just one of the best horror movies of the eighties. This is one of the best movies of the eighties. Yeah, I loved yes. it. I I loved to fly. Cronenberg did some stuff with this movie that um, was just so ridiculous. I mean, starts the transformation <laughs> into a fly. Yeah. Is- <laughs> Well, I mean, it starts off with a reporter trying to get a scoop at a science conference. Gets hooked up with Jeff Goldblum, who is working on... And seduces her, basically. He's a nerd. But gets her back, you know, in his own ways. Starts showing her what he's working on. And it's revolutionary. I mean, it's just stuff that he's doing. Teleportation, things like that. I mean, that's what the movie really is based on, is teleportation. um, And the failures of it. And uh, he fails, he fails, he fails, and he finally does something right and unfortunately gets greedy. And instead of trying this in a sterile environment over and over and over again because he had a successful run, decides to be greedy and do it on himself. And unfortunately has a little hitchhiker with him. And when he teleports, it re-assembles uh, him with the DNA of a foreign object. And he starts to transform through the film in a very disgusting fashion. And into a fly, basically, if you didn't understand that, uh, you know, from the title. But (laughs) we can't, I won't give away the whole thing, but um, it is a body horror film, like, through and through. Mm -hmm. There is sexuality, there's drama, there's a really sad uh, couple scenes in this movie. So there's a lot of drama in this. I really, really enjoyed this film. That was amazing. And um, people that can't get around the body horror aspect, that's fine. I mean, it's not a movie for you. But um, when you look past that and you see the drama, the sadness, I mean, the ending of the film is absolutely heartbreaking when you really think about it. Um, it's it, it's an extremely fine piece of filmmaking that, that would be up in my probably top five honestly i loved oh, the fly i mean this for me this surpasses videodrome even though videodrome has a deeper um message the fly still has a message it's like it you, you, story you, well and not even that just a fly cronenberg always has a message in his movies and, and the fly almost seems to me, it's not quite as crazy as Videodrome's message was, but it's just like you try too hard 
to dick with technology and it will dick back with you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So there is there is a message there. But the uh, the whole tone of the film is extremely depressing. I mean, it starts off happy and that and that's something that Cronenberg doesn't always do. It starts off kind of happy and positive and it just just progresses into this extremely depressing body horror film because it's dooming. The well, entire movie yeah. is dooming. Yeah. Like it's, nothing that happens is happy. I after. mean, yeah, I think personally, it's because the movie, the metaphor, is about it's about it's like you know what it is. It's the horror body horror Cronenberg take on if Gina Davis fell in love with a guy who has like stage four cancer. Yeah, she's watching him fall apart. There's nothing she can do. Then of course he tries to. Eat. <laughs> well, well, well. You know, I mean, you can look at the cancer aspect of it, but I almost want to say that he he's looking at it from a if you screw around too much. Well, I mean, but with that, science, yeah, you, well, you know, trying to play but, God. But yeah. I think that that element. I don't know if that's Cronenberg's element because I think like because it's a remake. Yeah, it's a remake of a fifty. Well, but the fit they didn't even. Well, I know, but I'm saying yeah. you know, and there's a short story. And I mean, but that element is there. Like if you're, you know, it's the same story. You know, it's a teleporter creature. But where Cronenberg comes in is he, yeah, he, he puts this very, very emotional and well done love story where Gina Davis tries to stay with him during this transformation, mm -hmm. uh, which is terminal. And yeah. I, I don't know, I, I feel like that's his addition. I think it works really well. And you could be right. Maybe maybe so. it is a like a metaphor for cancer. I I just well, thought, I, I don't think it's a, just cancer. I just think any terminal. I just I just thought. Yeah. For me, it was like almost like he was saying, "This is what happens when you try to play God." Yeah, but I mean, you like, know? I just feel like that. But that was in it in the fifties version too. Yeah. Which I actually I liked the fifties version. I liked it. Mm. You know, it's a it's a is no this one, but not if, even close. If you like <laughs> campy fifties movies, it's a good one. You know, it's mm -hmm. got Vincent Price, uh, David Hudson. It's it's a good film. It's fun. Uh, it's no this one. Like, no, go watch this one. Yeah, go watch. But, you watch the end of the original, and then you watch the end, which I can't give away of this Cronenberg one. And you tell me which one you walk away uh, from feeling like, man, I'm gonna have a great day. <laughs> you know, no, the yeah. 50s one is a drive-through movie. It's yeah. fun. You're not gonna huh. walk away depressed. <laughs> this is a very depressing yes, movie. This, it, I really do think. That the, the 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 thing that made this work, because this was a big movie. This is a blockbuster movie. My mom showed me this movie. Um, uh, like it's um, it's the love story, and it is. It is. It is her trying to stay with him. It is his falling apart. It is Cronenberg's like descent that he captures. Like it is. Uh, it's just head and shoulders above that movie. Oh, it, he takes yeah. a campy fun drive-through flick and he turns it into one of the best movies of the 80s. Yeah, it, it was a, it's an absolute depressing gnarly horror film. It really is. And it and it, it is body horror through and through. I mean, and you you get these movies nowadays, you know, that just try to turn body horror into the most disgusting thing that they can and that's all it is. Yeah, it's no, just it's just disgusting, a, but you but, gotta have an emotional connection yeah. to the characters and what they're going through for it to matter. Otherwise, it's just yeah. It, that's all it is. All it is at that point is just gore porn. Yeah, 
And, you know, at this, you know, Cronenberg has always had a good way of... Um, well, that's why he transitioned away from horror. Yeah. Because he's good enough to do it. You know, with, with this particular movie, though, I mean, it, it is fantastic. I mean, you feel for him the entire time. There's never a point in time where you're like, I hate this guy. You're no, just like, Jeff what Hill the hell? Jeff performance is fantastic. Yeah. Gina Davis is fantastic. You know, and who the fuck's the actor? I'm going to look it up. Give me a second. But the boyfriend of Gina Davis. Yeah. Oh, oh he gets yeah. it bad. He gets now, it bad, but he's actually now, a yeah. likable character. You yeah, he's okay. Like, I mean, when he gets eaten. No, no don't say anything because we don't want to ruin anything. Yeah, I'm just saying. But, although I feel like you should have. John gets. John gets. Yeah. does a great job playing. I mean, he does a great job. I like, you know, like that. I mean, we're, you know, they're literally, it's in the meta, as they say right now, with Cobra Kai, where love stories, who the bad guy is, always from the point of view. But I mean, if you take him. Oh, he loves her. He screwed at it. And, and he loves her. He loves her. And he actually saves her. Yeah, he's there for at the very but, end. I mean, yeah. everyone in this movie, and that's what makes this movie a great but, horror movie, is everyone in the movie. But even like but even yes. Jeff Goldblum in the end is still, like is still redeemed. And it's a, like in a way, yeah. which you'd have to see it to know. But we can't go any further on that one. And... This is, this is... If you want just body horror with good special effects, but nowhere near as good, the, the sequel actually isn't bad. No, the sequel ain't bad. You know, it's got some pretty good effects. With Eric Stoltz. I mean, there are some... Here's a Totally thing. different director. Totally, you know, they just wanted to cash in on the popularity. Yeah. But if you just want kind of an 80s version of the 50s where it's just a fun if you, body horror drive, yeah, if you, you're going to like if it. You want the guy, if you want to watch a movie where the guy that played The Mask, not the Jim Carrey version... Play, yeah, that was that was actually hella sad with Cher. But anyway, that's a different movie. But um Oh, I'm thinking of fucking Jamie Kennedy. Nope. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not Jamie. Oh my god. I, I, I have a feeling Jamie Kennedy. Oh my god, <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. Birthday, but I think he's like two years old. Yeah, no, two. no, no, no. Yeah, the Fly Two actually, it, he is the son of Mass Seth Grindel. Is what you're thinking of. Yeah, he's the son of Seth Grindel, who is Jeff Goldblum's character in Number yeah, One. And then he ends up that that that's a, a movie for a different story. It's not on this list for a reason. Oh, I, it's I, just it's enjoyable. It is and a great. It like, is a good creature feature. It's a fun creature feature. Yeah, and it gets bashed because it gets compared to this amazing. I'm just yeah. giving it a little love it, it, and saying, it, it, is no, it, it is nothing compared to the first one. But it's if you just want, my brain went a whole different direction. But if you want a gore film, that's fun. That because it is a gory movie, and that's what they made it. If you want a gory creature feature, it's a good movie. Yeah. But to fly for me, and I don't give a shit what anybody says in here. This is a five star for me. Oh, I agree. I won't. I won't it's sell. Easy. I can't settle on any less than a five. I can um, watch this over and over again. For the, fi- for the fly. Um, this is in my top five easy. So the fly is five. Would you give it a five? Oh, Rit- Dose Risk gives it a five. This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Yeah, I, I, it is one of mine. I actually, I could. The thing, the thing really is one of my favorite horror films of all time. But the fly is like almost second. So... It, you know, we're already kind of building our, our list here. It's it's like, and, and now we'll, we'll have to debate this and whether that is true or not is another story. But in my opinion, you know, the, in mine, the fly is up there in like number two, number three. So you can't, I mean, you can't say that you like horror and not look at Cronenberg's fly. You know, I, and, you know just to throw this out here, even if you don't like horror, 
Mm-hmm. You're going to probably like Yeah, it. you're probably going to like it. You will it. like Yeah, it. even if you like it's science so fiction, because some of that crap is science is sci-fi. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's just it just happens to touch into the horror well, realm. But uh, We wanted to throw out one last little thing about it. Avoid all the other flies. Yes. Because there's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, not fly two. No, fly two is fun. Yeah. And the original Eric fly, Stoltz. Yeah, and the original fly is good. Yeah. But when you start watching them, you're going to see there's a ton of other sequels. Ignore them all. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we're going to move on from that because we were running out of time. We're going to make this a little quicker. Although that kind of sucks because our last one. Although if you hit this last one, then we'll be at top ten for the last Which episode. Which one's the last one? Deep Red? That's it. Number 11. Okay, Deep so we Red. don't have to hit the big boy. No, we'll no okay. we, we should not hit that until... Yes, okay. We might even... Ooh, yeah, yeah, let's we, wait. We might even be wise, and we're going to discuss this, doing, like, top seven, and then the final three, giving them their own uh, Yeah. Because the last three movies, though, I are... They're big time. Yeah, well, number ten is Halloween. And I don't feel like we should hit Halloween tonight because no. we'll we'll you talk. Need to give about, that the time it deserves. Yeah, yeah exactly. Definitely need. John Carpenter's Halloween, was, but we will give Deep Red, 1975, <laughs> the time Let's it deserves. Let's do Deep Red and call it a day. And um, I have said this, you know, before in the podcast that I liked Deep Red, and you know, it was one of his classics. But let me tell you how I really feel. I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, Richard liked it more than I did, I think. I think I like Tenebrae better. Um, Deep Red is Dario Argento's, like, yellow, you know, classic. You know, it was one of those things. Um, musician trying to make his way in in, in the city in, 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 in Italy, you know. Witnesses a murder. Gets caught up in this fucking mystery. And... Um, and uh, well, I will say this: there is one scene in the movie that I did like is when was when the killer, when he's you know writing his music, kind of like creeps into his, his loft. I did like that. That was kind of. Cool. I, I I'll say but, this about this movie. Well, well, before you go, go, ahead. go before you go. I was not a big fan of this. I think a lot of Argento's movies should be above this. Um, Richard did find some more redeeming things. Uh, that one scene. When the writer is doing his music in his loft and is getting stalked by the killer, I did really appreciate it. I thought that was pretty cool. But I hate the soundtrack to the movie. I hate um, a lot of other elements of the film. There are some cool scenes and a little nudity in there, if you know so, what I'm yes, talking about, yes. you know, so, with the... But, all uh, yeah, well, you know, the lesbian... You, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so... I did like this movie more. I also, though, while I was watching it, because I will admit I watched this recently for this list, I literally was texting with Richard going, 11? Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And that's how I do feel about it. I don't know about 11 of all time. And I don't even, I, this is not my favorite Argento flick. But, the, I we want to say this. I did a little research on this. Supposedly there's three cuts of this movie. There is the American cut. There is the Italian cut. And then there is the cut that's on Shudder right now. This is the cut you'll be getting on Shudder, which is the American cut with all of the violence restored, but still missing 22 minutes. Which is a lot. Of apparently yeah. black humor and story and different things. 
Now, as far as the problems with the movie that I think turned him off and hold it back for me, 22 Minutes isn't going to fix that, which is the soundtrack, though I love the soundtrack. I hate it. Is, <laughs> is overdone. It is so fucking loud that the final climaxes of the movie are basically a music video for Godwin. The, the, yeah. the house, mm-hmm. he is climbing on it, it is so loud that I had someone who lives in my home mm-hmm. go, why the hell did you turn that up? Yeah. Because it literally started blasting. And, and, and it's nonstop, and it's not like, it's not film score. It is Prague, Goblin, Rock, yeah. Jazz. Yeah, and the problem is that Richard and I are familiar with Goblin. Which I, I like Goblin and uh, in, in some things. But <laughs> we watched a movie a long time ago, a zombie film. Yes. With the music by Goblin. Yes. And it was the worst thing we ever saw. But... All... Th- no, it, we're not going to name the movie because here, we'll give you a scene and if you've seen it, then you'll know. But it starts out and there is a group holding a school hostage. Mm-hmm. The counterterrorism unit comes in to save them. Why the fuck does the guy cut the dude's throat after he surrenders? The guy literally puts his hands up, drops his gun, the guy and then gets his throat cut. Alright, anyway. But but but, 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 but uh, anyway, all I know is that I did like the movie, don't get me wrong. I, I yeah, like. I think it. this movie has amazing parts. Yeah, yeah. But I, some is not yeah, good. I I like Argento's films. I really do. And Deep Red is is one, considered one of his best. It's considered his best. And most people. Yeah, and to me, it's a letdown. Tenebrae was better. I agree. I like Tenebrae better. I like a lot. I mm-hmm. like a lot of his movies better. This, but I will say, it has amazing parts. I do like the soundtrack. I think you. I do. I think it's overmixed. <laughs> it's too loud. Uh-huh. It really distracts. But. The kills are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they particularly mention Slate, the kill in the bathtub. That is good. But that, I personally think the and there is, and there were, is a nice lesbian. Uh, yes. Um, you know, a couple in there. That which get, he also uses. That seems to be a thing. Of his. Yeah. But I will say that um, <laughs> the kill with the partner, I think, was the best kill in the movie. When he, the partner, so right? yeah, 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 the, the, yeah, yeah. With the, the hairy guy, the partner, when he gets killed, his teeth, the zoom in, he uh. basically gets curb stomped on the piano. I mean, that was that yeah, was I, killer. That was incredibly well filmed. Yeah. The creepiness of the little kid killing the lizard. I mean, there was a lot of elements to this movie. Like, I get it. This movie has so many great elements, and maybe this Italian cut fixes it all. But it also comes off as overly long, mm-hmm. disjointed. And it's hard to get into the movie because when th- the tension's supposed to ratchet up, the volume on the music goes to mm-hmm. 7,000 and you're literally just listening to this guy mm-hmm. wail on a key guitar. Yeah, you're, li- you're, li- you're literally listening. And I will tell you the one thing that sets this movie apart from all Argento films. Soundtrack sucks. <laughs> I, I like it. I no, he likes it, but that that's Goblin for you. Yeah, I, I, I can't. Yeah, I, like, uh, I can't stand it. But I will say, the storyline makes sense. It's got a good twist. The killer reveal makes a lot of sense. The way what happens to the killer, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I get uh, there's it. There's a lot of great elements. I but, get it, but but this is not. I no. This, I don't even think this is one of his top movies. No, I don't even think this is my top fifty. I don't know if this would make my top 100 at all. Yeah. And this so. is no knock on the movie. I really enjoyed this movie. But you got to remember, I'm I not... personally, and I don't know how many he's seen, I've seen thousands of horror movies. You want me to get the top 100, 
I don't think. Well, I I have too. I've seen thousands yeah. of horror movies myself. Not quite on Slant's list because they're picking all these weird ass things I've never seen. But at the same time, Argento I have seen, and I've never been a big fan of Deep Red. You know, actually, I actually I like opera more than than Deep Red, which some people would say is blasphemy. I think most people would say it's the most popular movie. But but at the same time, it you, well not really. Like if you really look at like the diehards, they'd say, "How could you say that?" And it's like, well, no, that's what I'm saying. No, I'm talking about Deep Red's the most popular. Movie. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone seems to like Deep Red, and I you yeah, know, I was looking yeah. forward to watching it for this list. Um, it's not that great. I, I am I, not I, a fan. I enjoyed it. I, well, I'll say this: it was a four rich movie. Yeah. But it was it a top one hundred horror movie? No. No. And the soundtrack is just too fun. No, it's too, it's too, way too much for me. And whether you like it or not, like whether you like the soundtrack or not, it's just too much. Well, for the me. soundtrack was needed because the movie is very slow. Well, without the soundtrack yeah, to pick you but, up, you get but, bored. But do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. It's just too much. No, but yeah. I mean, you know, you know what it is? Is is it's. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's just it it's just weird dry- that it is his most popular movie. Because I can name three movies off the top of my head that I've seen I enjoyed. Well, you know what? It's almost like saying the unnameable is great because of the soundtrack. And it's like, you remember the unnameable H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's unnameable with the, with the insane I, I, piano I music? About, it, it, you know, the creature was insane. I mean, the special effects were nuts on the creature. But the music was so over the top that it ruined the entire movie. And that's kind and, of what Deep Red and is. that's kind of what Deep Red is for me. And yeah. it's like it's like it had been so many years since I've seen it because I I always defended that movie like oh man because you know I I'm an Argento fan, but it's I haven't seen Deep Red since I was like 19. So I was like oh yeah 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 yeah, and then I just rewatch it and I'm like damn, I can't stand this movie because of the soundtrack. The soundtrack and is too loud. It just kills me. It kills it for me. Yeah, I mean, he really screwed up. If he would have kept it subdued, like Tenebrae, you know, I think it would have been on a much higher scale for me. I, I could still give it a four. I could agree with you. I mean, I'm torn between three and a half and four. But I could give it a four just because it is a good movie. It's a, it's a very enjoyable thing. It, but, you know, the well, we're story not, We're talking good. top 100 here. Yeah. Not only the top 100... But Slant puts this as number 11. No, it's not number 11. No, I, I honestly think, like I said, I, I I think there's three Argento films I could pick right now on top yeah, of my head. Me too. Better. And of course, one of them is higher on the list. But to memory, I put. And I mean, yeah, I liked... This, there's a few. But, let, we, you know, we, we've bashed it enough. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we don't know if this will be on our top 100. And there's a lot to like about no, this movie. It, it, well, I do think... I get why people like it. Well, and guys, and guys, some, it's not great parts. Great exactly. Parts. And guys, don't don't get us wrong. If there's Argento fans on it, because I am an Argento. Fan. I was an Argento fan before we were doing this list. I actually showed, uh, you know, Dos Rich some Argento movies. I watched opera with him. You know, yes. I I really like his films, but the problem is. Is that you got to look at it as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you know, you can't say that a movie is fantastic, but hate everything but the story. You know, you're like, I hate it, I hate it, but the story's all right, but I hate the music, and I hate the, you know. 
you got to have everything. And the movie doesn't have everything. So I'm sorry. <laughs> like, I actually think Rich is being generous with the four. I'm going to agree with him on that one just to, just to keep the peace. But I'm being generous. Because Deep Red drove me insane when I rewatched it. The soundtrack is... Mm. It's something. And it's mixed. It's... You know, maybe that's a shutter thing. You know? No, it's just, that's just how it yeah, is. Yeah, it's so in your face. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I really enjoyed it. But yes, I can name multiple movies. And I was going to name them for the people that want to watch them. But we're coming up on Suspiria. Yes. Yes, Suspiria. Tenebrae, which we already talked about. Yeah. But I'm going to bring up one that a lot of people wouldn't bring up. But Inferno. Oh, Inferno is very, good. very And good. Phenomena. Phenomena's great too. Yeah, with 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 your uh, little hot girl uh, Jennifer Connelly. Back when she was, well, you shouldn't call her that in that movie because I think she was underage in that movie. But at the same time, <laughs> uh, you know, the Phenomena, Inferno. There's what was the uh, one he did the segment with uh, with uh, him and uh, George Romero? They both did H.P. Lovecraft stories, and his segment had Harvey Keitel. Oh, that was uh, Eyes. Uh, it, that was the. Uh, Evil Eyes, Two Evil Eyes. I like that better than Deep Red 2. Yeah, so there there was a um, there was a, a movie that came out, and they were both doing uh, Edgar Allan Poe films. And they came out with a movie. George Romero did one segment. I think it was a Two Evil Eyes. Yeah, that sounds and, right to me. And um, that one, and I used to own it, actually, which I don't think I do anymore. Um, yeah, I think it was the two evil eyes, and there was one segment. It was it was not even an anthology. It was just two. Um, it was two shorts that made two one movie. Two shorter movies combined. Movie. Yeah, then one was Argento, and one was uh, Romero. And yeah, Argento's one was actually one of the better ones, because Argento always captures the gore, captures the cool stuff. Romero, though, also is a gory director. Well, no, I, I just I feel like that's a better movie. Yeah, it was. Movie. And you know what's weird? Mm. Is I, I, you know, I did a little research on Deep Red. I don't know if this is real or not. This is a quick Google search just because I was trying to figure out if there was a different cut because the soundtrack was so in my face and everyone talks about how great it is. But apparently they were talking about a remake with Romero doing it. Uh -huh. He agreed to do it, but then he found out Dario Argento had no idea so he turned it down. Yeah, well... And I have a feeling he would have turned down the soundtrack. And yes. Like, yeah, so anyway, like like we're saying, Deep Red's not a horrible film. I it's, really enjoy it's, it. It's, yeah, there's but a lot when, of cool elements. But, but when it, the last ten minutes of the movie are basically a music video for Goblin, I mean... It, it gets really in your face, and he's not kidding. Like, it turned me off, because the last well, it's time... Not, it's not backing music. It's... No. Yeah, it's, it's in your prong. face. Yeah. It's prong. I mean, there's, 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 freaking, there's like nine instruments going I, on. I know. It's, it's, it's wild. Well, and you know, the last time I'd seen it, was I was like 19 or 20. And then I rewatched it for this. And I had always defended that movie, like I said earlier. I'm like, man, yeah, yeah, deep red, deep red. And when I rewatched it, I was like, what the shit is this? I mean, like, I could not get past the soundtrack. I could. I mean, some of the kills were cool. Some of the story is obviously. Uh, I yeah. actually like the story. Yeah, the story is obviously good, but holy crap, was the music so distracting to me that I couldn't even. I couldn't even do it. And which, yeah, I mean, you can't have a fundamental element of the movie be mm -hmm. done in such a. I don't want to say poor, but mediocre 
or obscure. I don't even know what the word would be. It, like he did it on purpose, but to an effect that for most people could be annoying. You can't be number. No, it, no, it was horrible with that yeah. music. Goblin should die. I like Goblin. <laughs> yeah, I he Goblin. Li- he likes Goblin, but um, I think Goblin should die. Hey. <laughs> so, Goblin. No, Goblin's horrible. <laughs> so. You know, ever since that movie we watched, I'll, I'll never forget it. We were, sit, we were sitting, my parents were at, this is when we were way younger. My parents were out of town. We got that zombie movie. Yeah. And it was like music by Gablin. By the way, <laughs> you know, if we ever come up with merch or something, you email us. If you know what that movie is, we'll give you some free Yeah, money. I can't remember the name well, of that I, movie. I know what the movie's called, but I don't well, remember it. Yeah, but I can't even remember now. But I remember. It I was remember. a zombie. It was a zombie movie, and oh, oh, guy surrenders, throat's cut. Yeah, he's and it's like the credits, are like music by Goblin, and it was the worst film we've ever seen. Well, not ever, but close. It was a very. Not, it was not. <laughs> yeah. A film. All right, so I think we actually hit our ten, right? Uh, yeah, we're at the final ten now. I mean, All right. we number eleven, but we have ten left. So. All right, you guys, we are going to finish Devils. Yes. We've got the possession that we, we talked about. Yeah, we cannot find trouble every day. I'm sorry, you guys, but that's going to be one. Like we literally, if you guys out there have a copy, or you know how we can get a copy without without killing somebody, um, <laughs> let us know. And, and under 168 dollars, but we literally cannot find a copy. That will play in our region. That isn't like almost two hundred dollars. I mean, I already spent a hundred dollars getting devils and possession. So, you know, those are those two that we were talking about last time that we could never find. I found them. I got them. Um, one of them's bootleg, but it's fine. It's playing playing you know well. But um, let us know if you have any way to get a hold of trouble any day but uh, other than that i think inland empires coming in we've got we've got um our hands on some of these and i think it's going to be good we'll be able to watch them and then after we do this last 10 we'll come back to them let you know what we think and uh yeah, yeah that'll be you that guys are really close to doing your own hell list. yeah and yeah, then we're so gonna after do our the list. top 10 we get to hear movie riches horror movie list that's right and remember we're gonna do every genre so get used to yes. it some people at slate will find to be yeah beneath them yes because we are actually gonna do a top cage top stallone top schwarzenegger There's top van damme top comedies top. we can we're, we're gonna start moving into other things but you know me being a, me personally being a, a big fan of horror i do want to hit a video nasties list. Yes. So we will get to that, but we're gonna take a small break and we're gonna do our top tens, not hundreds, on the big action stars: Stallone, Van Damme, like I said. Um, but you guys are gonna compile your top one hundred. Yes. List. And that's after all that, but we're gonna yes. do our top one hundred first on this horror list. But after that, we're gonna get a little bit into eighties cheese action and then we're going to move on and we'll probably hit back into horror um, getting more into my territory which i've been out of 
in this entire list, it feels like. Because I keep saying I haven't seen this. Well, well like I said, we're gonna, when we do our top 100, you know, there's it's just so many, a lot different. there's so many genres of horror and subgenres that, like, yeah, technically there's not that many genres, but, like, there's exploitation flicks, yeah. there's grindhouse flicks, there's things for the driving. Nasties, and there's yet, cult classics. There's, there's, there's these movies that are, are not making Slate Magazine. No, then no. At the same time, yeah, slant. Have, yeah, yeah, slant, yeah, slant and, doesn't even have and, and have right. entertained yeah. and are key movies. Yep. To the horror experience that should be on there. So yeah, it's going to be a much different list. Yeah, and we will wax and wane our knowledge. Yes. a little more. You'll see where we shine a little bit more when we start getting into things that are actually more obscure. You know. Then this, I always say, oh, this is obscure, but you know, it's just because these are classics I've never seen. But when you when you get down to the dirties, and the nasties, and the cult classics, and the, you know, that's where I'm gonna shine. <laughs> you know what's funny is that <laughs> because we did record our mm-hmm. corner combos episode earlier, um, it made us laugh because I was telling Christy and I was like, if there's one superpower that my husband has it's not that he finds movies it's movies find him yeah if you want some obscure movie that was only made in a country of like 30 people that had a budget of $20 I guarantee you my (laughs) husband has seen that movie so the very (laughs) so next week we're gonna do a, a, a podcast on thingy Confessions of a Teenage Placenta. Which literally which, fell which, into my husband's Which I actually, time. which I actually watched. We, so you know, not doing that. yeah, no, I know, but, <laughs> but you know what I mean. No, I have seen so many obscure cult classics and video nasties. So the video nasties. There's only a handful of those that I haven't seen, and one of them I actually want to watch with with Rich, which. Uh, can't even remember the name. It's a necrophagist. That's the one. That one is supposed to be so extreme that uh, I think Price needs to watch it with me. And that one is actually easier to find and can be viewed on streaming services. And we can't find the devils in possession without spending $100. Well, yeah. so, you it's know, a weird world we live in. I know. But <laughs> and just to throw this out here as a dig to the people that's not amazing. You have remakes after remakes of Dracula movies. And no hammer film. And you have no horror <laughs> I know. He, we're gonna we're gonna have a serious Yeah powwow. Yeah. Do, Dose Rich is have to make a trip to your magazine. Dose Rich is extremely upset that there's no hammer film. No Peter Cushing or Vincent Price. Or, yes, in particular, or, or 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 what uh, Christopher Lee? Yeah. No, Christopher Lee in particular because he is the star of Horror of Dracula. Yes. Which, by the way, will be making the top one. Yeah, Christopher <laughs> Lee and Peter Cushing should have been on something on here. Yeah, I, I and I do agree shot. with that, and I know Jake would too. So, all right, I think that's it. I think we're gonna go ahead and call it a night. And then we're going to start with a big boy next uh, next week, Halloween, the original it's, John Carter. So we didn't hit that. I almost finally. feel I almost feel like we should have hit it tonight, but um, 
would take too long. It would long. take too long because that's that's, that's just a classic. I, I, I still think we'll discuss it, but I, I don't know. It might be hard to get through the top ten. They're all heavy hitters. Yeah. Yeah. Very heavy hitters. So, you know, if you haven't noticed, we go a little long on the heavy hitters around there. The thing just by itself. I'm serious about that one, you guys. The thing is actually probably going to be my number one. Now, once again, this is a, a joint effort, so we might, you know, we'll... You're going to get no argument. Yeah, it, it's probably going to end up being number one. And I will no. say, there's a pretty good video game out there. Yeah. Called The Thing. Oh, yeah. Captures the Back in the day. Yep. I think I actually played that on Dreamcast. Anyway. Was it Dreamcast or was it People that like your retro games <laughs> and your movies... We do know a bit. No, what did what did we play that on? Was that Xbox or Dreamcast? I can't remember. I I know I played it though, and I it was awesome. It was, it might have been PlayStation. Uh, it might have been. <laughs> well, I didn't have a PlayStation, so it had to have been Xbox. Yeah. So yes. so maybe both. Yeah, the, but, but, but anyway, the game called the thing is yeah. a semi sequel. Scary, it's freaky, damn fun game. I remember it. It's better than any movie sequel. And I'll tell you right now, the thing probably going to be number one. You guys just just be prepared, and. Um, I mean, it sure, sound like it'll be the one that is now. Yeah, and no, I'll tell you. And that was, and we'll get there, but the one that is at number one is a jacked up movie, but it is not number one. Yeah, I mean, no, really, you know, we're getting kind of long way here, but the only movie that I think, if you're going to pick for cultural relevance, which is why I think that one got picked, has to be The Exorcist. Yeah. But they didn't do that. Instead, they picked this other one, which I don't get. Yeah, well, it was disturbing. But. But it's not a yeah. great horror film. Yeah, I mean, well, it is, but it's so cheesy. You guys, watch it. Watch <laughs> it and tell me. You tell me if that I is mean, above the I, thing. I showed it to a friend of ours, as mutual, I'll name his name later, but when I showed it to him, because he had never seen it, when it got done, he literally went, that's the fuss? That's it? <laughs> he literally, I mean, so, I mean, we're not, diner, it did not age well. Diner scene, still disturbing, but the movie itself, absolute head cheese. If you get that reference, yeah. you will if you watch it. All right, Crystal, lead us out. It's time to go. I think that's it. If you have any suggestions, let us know at moviewitchespodcast at gmail.com. And like like we said earlier, if you guys want us just to go through these films, like it, we, we're, so, we're trying to be so reserved so that we don't ruin but things. But at the but, same time, but some if, of these you should. But but if you really want us to go through them and really give a full breakdown, let us know. And if that's what you want, we'll do it. If not, yeah. you like what we're doing, give us some positive feedback. I agree. Uh, and, Check uh, out Corner Combos. Com- and yeah. we have Kay's Coffee and Books Corner. And it sounds like we might be expanding again. Exactly. <laughs> we, might act, we, we might actually be getting uh, another member. That has a and vlog. Another segment. Yeah. So who be... who actually has a very popular vlog, so she moves over. Um, fantastic. It sounds like we might do a haunted corner. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So who knows? We'll we'll look at that. But yeah, so check us all out and we will see you all next week all for the final countdown. Alright. It's the final the countdown. countdown. Tapping. Bye.